What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and we got to have a little chat about Javante Williams. Through about 175 drafts on underdog, I only have him on 1.7% of my teams. And I've been full fading him because of this ACL, PCL, MCL injury he has in his knee. It's absolutely brutal. We saw J.K. Dobbins struggle with it last year. And I thought it was going to be an uphill battle for Javante Williams in 2023. But we're starting to get real actionable positive news out of camp not just hype and like slow motion videos we are getting real actionable news here and i think it's really important that when we get new news that we adjust to it and we don't just sit back on our priors and get stubborn so with that being said i decided to bump up javante williams in the rankings which by the way i just did a nice little just a mini update of the rankings uh, like pretty much last night, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. My top 150 for redraft, PPR, and half PPR leagues is on there. Patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. You can find the link in the description. You can find the link at the top of the comment section down below as well. So we're going to sort of walk through what has changed with Javante Williams, where I'm at now, and kind of how I'm playing this whole ACL situation when it comes to Javante Williams. So with all that being said, if you enjoy, if you learn something new, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now, in this new rankings update, we have put Javante Williams from, I believe he was the 810 as my RB29. I bumped him up a tier in about a round ahead. He's now at the 801 as my RB26. So three running back spots and just shy of a round of moving him up the rankings. And it's why? Why, Ron? Why are we moving him up now in late July? And it's that we're getting really positive camp reports that, again, aren't just hype, but they're real and actionable. We had great news today. Javante Williams practiced, and he appeared to run just fine. He's already practicing. He's not on the pup. So, of course, he had the ACL, PCL, LCL injury, which is scary, and it's a lot more damage than a clean ACL tear. But we saw J.K. Dobbins miss week one. He only played eight games last year, but at this time last year, he was on the pup and not practicing and struggling. And now we're getting reports out of camp that Javante Williams has been ready for day one of training camp, something that Brees Hall can't even say. And he's been practicing and looking pretty much just fine. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to come in in week one and be the Javante Williams we all know and love, but it's a little bit different than the expectation prior to these new camp reports. I was thinking that he was going to start on PUP and be a real long shot for week one but it now seems like he's on pace for week one he's practicing again he's not on the pup these are all really really good signs the Broncos also haven't brought in a Melvin Gordon a Leonard Fournette they're rocking with their RB room right now and that's a huge huge positive in Javante's favor which is pretty much what Graham Barfield goes through in this tweet that's kind of quote tweeting Zach Stevens talking about Javante Williams in practice right he's practicing he appeared to run just fine he's in drills he's out there working out which is really impressive and I think here's the issue we've all linked this Javante Williams to the J.K. Dobbins injury and so have I but I think that we kind of have to understand that they're a little bit different now the injuries themselves are really similar but I think Jeff Mueller breaks it down here on Twitter really well as to why they are different at this time in the timeline if you will and he says Note on Javante Williams, we keep using the J.K. Dobbins timeline as a measure. I personally stopped doing this because J.W. Javante Williams has had zero indications of scarring, zero reports of secondary surgery, and appears to be in full range of motion via video. He's four months ahead of J.K. Dobbins' timeline. J.K. Dobbins had a second surgery, and he was having like scarring and a lot of complications. 
everything we've heard on Javante so far has been positive. Now, he said, if you remember from last year, J.K. was noticeably limping. He had a deficit in range of motion and struggling in drills in August of 2022, 11-plus uh, months out from surgery. He said Javante Williams is already cutting and participating in drills, only seven months out from surgery. He's essentially four months ahead of where J.K. Dobbins was and still has two and a half months to go. Uh, I believe that this was a little bit, yeah, this was like June. Uh, that he's been talking about this. He's saying Javante Williams is playing week one. I, I don't think he'll be at 100% early on, but again, this is great news for Javante Williams' 2023 production. He said he gets to ramp up starting early season instead of a late ramp up uh, if he were to start on pup. Likely he gets close to 50-50 split with Samaj P. Ryan by week five or six or so, projecting him to be startable for fantasy by week eight. Currently priced as RB29 and best ball ADP between James Conner and James Cook. And his price really hasn't budged since then. And I think he covers a lot of good points here that – Javante is ahead of schedule from J.K. Dobbins, and comparing the two is probably wrong at this point in time. This is more, even though it was a really brutal injury at first, it is much more in line with a normal ACL tear than it is J.K. Dobbins and kind of what he went through last year. So again, it looks like Javante was going to play, and we're already betting on Brees Hall in a similar light, where we're drafting him in the third round right now. And I like Brees Hall, and the whole point is the first, you know, four or so weeks, he's going to ramp up and then be a hammer down the stretch. Javante is kind of on that similar timeline where he's definitely going to split work with P. Ryan early on. And then from like week eight on, he should be the lead back in that backfield, barring any setbacks from now through week one. Now, this is what the juicy part of this entire thing is that the market has overreacted or maybe not overreacted, but the market's just much more efficient than it's been in years past. I went back all the way to 2017 and found running backs that were getting drafted in the top four rounds. And then they also toured their ACLs in that season. We have Dalvin Cook in 2017, Darius Geis in 2018, Jared McKinnon in 2018, Saquon Barkley in 2020, J.K. Dobbins in 2021, and Javante Williams this year. This has been pretty much all of the major uh, ACL injuries. You can bunch in Brees Hall, but I just wanted to keep it Javante Williams for 2022. Now, this is where the interesting part is, in that we're looking at all of these players, and we're getting the biggest discount on Javante Williams. Right, So Dalvin Cook goes from being a fourth-round pick to being a second-round pick. Darius Geis goes from being a fourth-round pick to, like, a sixth-round pick. You have McKinnon, who was 26 years old, so I don't think he's a great uh, example here. But he goes from, like, I think third round, so I think that's going to be, like, I don't know, ninth round. And then you have Saquon, who stays in the first round. J.K. Dobbins last year goes from third round to a fifth-round pick. And then we have Javante Williams this year, who goes from a second-round pick last year all the way to an eighth-round pick. So when you put that in perspective, J.K. Dobbins had the same injury, and he went from a third-rounder to a fifth-rounder, whereas now Javante Williams is going from a second-rounder to an eighth-rounder. That's, that's a – J.K. Dobbins we got a two-round discount on. Javante Williams we were getting a six-round discount on. And he is the only guy on this list where you're getting a difference in ADP from year of ACL tear versus year after AC, ACL tear of, like, more than two rounds, which is pretty crazy. So the, the ACL injury here is completely priced in. Now, of course – the data here is going to be a little bit noisy where we have like team situations going on and ages matter. And also when you sustain your ACL injury, all matters. But at this point, Javante Williams is ahead of J.K. Dobbins schedule and he is at a much bigger discount than what we paid for J.K. Dobbins last year. And that's why I'm so much more in on Javante at this point. So what am I doing with J.K. Dobbins now? Or not J.K. Dobbins, but Javante Williams at this point. And to me, again, the ACL is now completely priced in. He, his timeline looks much more positive than it did like a month or two ago. And my goal at this point 
I don't want to give my exposure anything too crazy. Like, I, I do want to make it very clear that this is not a go out there and leave every draft that you ever do with Javante Williams video. This is not a must draft video. This is simply, I am changing my stance on Javante from drafting literally zero of him. Remember, 1.7% to now being fine, being about at market. I'm going to mix him in. I'm going to try to get him into like the 8% range. But here's the kicker. All right. Here's the catch with, JK, uh, with Javante Williams. It's not that we're just going to draft him no matter what. He is down here behind Pacheco, 86.7. I will draft him and draft him decently often until he gets up to Quentin Johnson, Traylon Burks. Once I have to start taking him in like almost a dead zone, dead zone RB-ish range and I have to start taking guys, I have to start taking Javante over guys like Quentin Johnson and Traylon Burks um, and all my favorite wide receivers in that range like Jahan Dotson and JSN and Tyler Lockett, I will not be doing that. But I will, will be getting in on this eighth round price right now, because I think that we're going to see a lot of hype here. If there is no setbacks and there's nothing but positive news coming out of camp, you're going to see people really push up Javante Williams. He has already gone up about a half round in ADP over the last month or so. And I think that's only going to climb here. We even have some hype. Uh, I love Dwayne McFarlane. I think he's uh, a really sharp guy. And I think he's right on here. He said those Javante Williams round date shares look pretty good right now. How high are you willing to chase him up boards in ADP after avoiding the pup? Could argue he belongs in round five easily if the good news keeps coming. And I think that's the interesting part about Javante Williams right now is I think right now is the time to draft him before he gets steamed up. So you can get some closing line value. The ACL is already priced in. You can draft him right now, and then eventually his price will come up. I think he, I, my guess is by September, he's going to be a six-round pick. So what I'm trying to say is, is before that happens, you should be mixing in some exposure right now to get some closing line value before you get priced out of Javante Williams because the 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 thing about Javante Williams is outside of the ACL he has the profile that we want to chase in a running back now earlier this week we did a video on legendary running backs and what we're looking for now of course Javante Williams does not have 22.5 points per game in his upside case but we're still looking for all the same things right volume efficiency pass catching upside youth and Javante Williams has all of that so I actually plugged him in to the components of a legendary running back. Now, if you guys didn't watch that video on Monday, you really should. Uh, but I broke down. We have 17 running backs since 2010 that have had 22.5 or more points per game. Of those, 100% were top 36 in ADP. 94% were 25 years or younger. 94% had 18 weighted opportunities per game uh, or more. 94% had five targets per game or more. 82% were on a top 12 scoring offense. 82% uh, had less than five quarterback rush times per game. And 81% had a previous FPOE per game of 2.5 or more. So what that, that pretty much is, is that we want youth, we want volume, we want pass catching upside, we want a good offense, we want a quarterback who doesn't vulture things, and then FPOE per game is just simply efficiency. And I plug Javante Williams in here, who isn't even going in the top 50 picks, never mind top 36, so it doesn't get green there. This table... I tally them all up. So simple table is all of the green, right? So green is one, yellow is 0.5. Yellow is if you're really close, right? So 15, top 12 scoring offense. Mike Clay hasn't protected for 15th. I kept him there. I will say as well, the uh, weighted opportunities per game number here is from his three healthy games in 2022. His targets per game numbers uh, are from his three healthy games in 2022 as well. His top 12 scoring offense and his uh, QB rush attempts numbers are from Mike Clay's projections, who is just a really good uh, macro sort of analyst that does projections on ESPN. His work is really good. He's unbiased. He's conservative. So I figured he's good to use these numbers. And I didn't plug him in to say, oh, Javante Williams has 
the highest chance to have a legendary season ever. It's just that he looks the part of a high upside running back, right? He has a simple total of 4.5, which is like right in that Saquon Jacobs Pollard range in terms of checking off the boxes. And weighted total, he's right between Saquon and Josh Jacobs. Now, of course, the ACL risk doesn't mean that he should be going in the top three rounds. I'm not advocating that at all. I'm just saying that his upside case is similar to a lot of these early round running backs. He just has the risk of the ACL, which again, is properly priced in this year as long as he stays in the eighth round, which I don't think is going to hold for much longer. So what I'm trying to say is you should get in now to profile we want. Obviously, he's not going to hold on to like 18.9 weighted opportunities per game or seven targets per game, but it just showed last year that he took on a lot of volume. He caught a lot of passes, and this is a volume we want to, or this is a profile we want to chase, right? He's 23 years old, catches passes, can handle a workload, uh, is going to be on an offense that projects to be better this year with Sean Payton calling plays and Russell Wilson having a bounce back hopefully back to the mean of what his career has been, where he's been ultra-efficient his entire career. Now, I will say the efficiency has not been there, right? His highest FPOE per game season has been minus 0.2. But he's been on league-bottom offenses the last two years. We're talking, you know, Russell Wilson implosion last year, and then the year before that was, like, the Drew Locke experiment, or, like, not even the Drew Locke experiment, but they threw out, like, Kendall Hinton for a little bit. Like, it was just a bad offense um, in 2021, I believe. But when we look at uh, Javante, I think that he has upside for efficiency because he does have some juice, right? Through three games last year, he was 12th in yards after contact per attempt, 6th in missed tackles four, six 6th in runs of 10 or more yards, 7th in runs of 15 or more yards, 6th in elusiveness rating. He's always been someone that breaks a ton of tackles. Uh, he graded well in like the vertical and broad jumps coming out of school. He is explosive. Again, how much of that will come back with the ACL? We're not sure. But the efficiency ceiling could be there down the stretch. Now, I'm also excited about this offense as well. Mike Clay has them projected to score the 15th most points in the NFL, which would be a huge improvement on last year. And you get a big boost with Sean Payton being the play caller in this offense, especially given his history when it comes to running backs. When we look at Sean Payton and his running backs, he coached the Saints from 2006 to 2021. Now, there was a year he took off in 2012 because of the bounty scandal. I still counted it, though, like the team was still his and it still ran under his scheme. But during that span, it was a 16-year span. Last year, just to put this in perspective, last year, Leonard Fournette was the RB12 in points per game at 14.2 points per game. Over a 16-year span, minimum 10 games played, or I think it's minimum, it's either minimum 10 games played, it's minimum 8 games played. Sean Payton produced 15 running back seasons over 14.2 points per game with three seasons over 20 points per game. Two more over 18 points per game. He has been great for running back production. That's just shy. He Again, 16 years coached, 15 RB1 point per game seasons in that span. Now, some of them came at the same times, right? Like Ingram and Kamara came in together. But it's really impressive. Now, the other thing to sort of count here is that he uses his running backs in the passing game as well, where DeAndre Swift had the 12th most receptions last year among running backs with 48. Sean Payton, over these 16 years, when he was coaching the Saints, had 14 seasons where a running back had over 48 receptions. So again, almost one per season. He is routinely producing good fantasy point-per-game seasons in his running backs. He's routinely using them in the passing game. And that's all really, really exciting for Javante Williams. Now, of course, Samaj Piran is going to shoulder a lot of that early on. But when we're talking about a guy who could be a hammer down the stretch, maybe win some playoff weeks, uh, a guy you're drafting where you can draft him and he doesn't have to start in your lineup in week one, right? Eighth round. At that point, what, running back, running back, like three wide receivers, a flex spot. Like, you you don't have to start him for a long time. You can start him, you know, in week six, week seven, uh, and he's a decent play there 
in that spot, just given sort of the context of the offense, the positive news we're getting. So to kind of put a bow on it all, I'll also say uh, TJ Hernandez had a good tweet here to kind of piggyback on the reception upside of Sean Payton running backs, where he says, uh, Sean Payton team running back shares since 2006, first, second, fourth, second, 13th, first, third, second, fourth, eighth, second, first, third, fourth, third, first. Routinely, even before the Kamara years, when we're talking about like Reggie Bush and Darren Sproles and Pierre Thomas, he's using his running backs in the passing game. That is all really exciting. Now, I do want to say, I'm still drafting Samaj Piran. This is still a big risk with Javante Williams. He could have a setback. He could come back in week one and it's too early and he can't shoulder the workload. P. Ryan still has plenty of upside and plenty of utility in terms of what he can offer your team. But I do think right now in the eighth round, before this Javante Williams price changes, which I, I you can you can stamp it down right now. I'm telling you, barring no negative news out of camp with Javante, right? Nothing where he's got puts on the pup or he has a setback. He's going to be a six-round pick come September. So I think the play is to mix him in a little bit right now, still be a little bit under market, but he's no longer a guy that I won't touch. So I just want to say, Javante Williams, not a must-draft player, not somebody who should be leaving every draft with, but a guy who goes from someone I was full-on fading, not drafting on a single team, to a guy that I'm now more than fine mixing in in the eighth round while that price is still here because it's not going to be in another month or so. So I think he's finally mixed in now. We're getting positive news. It's not as gruesome as J.K. Dobbins last year. So I'm just trying to tell you guys, Jump in. The water's fine. You can draft Javante Williams until we have to start taking him over the wide receiver profiles we really want in like that six-round area. So with all that being said, if you want to come out there, draft some eighth-round uh, Javante Williams before that price is no longer here, make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy. They have drafts going on every single day. You hop in there. You play best ball. You can get Javante Williams at a nice little discounted price, get some closing line value before he jumps up draft boards. You can use promo code RON. I have a link in the description and a link pinned at the top of the comment section down below. Click it. It'll match your deposit up to $100. You can hop on there, get some crazy values on Javante. You can also prepare for your home league where you can see, well, man, Chris Olave is going the second round on underdog. You come around to your home league. Chris Olave is there at the 3-4 turn after you just got Justin Jefferson. You're like, boom, I need Chris Olave on my team. It's a really good way of kind of seeing how sharp rooms operate. <clears throat> where, you know, ESPN ADP and uh, Yahoo ADP and all those mock drafts, the ADP is awful. There's no money on the line. You have kids auto-drafting all the time. Underdog has the sharpest ADP in the game. You should get in there, play the low-stake stuff, get a feel for what this draft board looks like in 2023 so you can go into your home leagues and absolutely dominate. So with all that being said, I enjoy you guys watching. Or I appreciate you guys watching. I hope you enjoyed. And as always, I will see you guys in the next one. Ice cold, oh, oh, ice around my body like